0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Dylan. I'm here to talk about, once again, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. Bet online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way for all your betting needs for all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code Believe. That is capital letters B L E A V to receive your rewards. One more time, that is capital letters B L E A V. Bet online, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunzinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. I got to tilt my screen down and kind of get out of the way so I can show off my new Shea art that I got for a little early Christmas present for my wife. So there we go. Um, You heard a little chuckle in the background. It's my my homie there, Alex Roy. Alex, how's it going, brother?
1: It's going good, man. It's going great. Two-game win streak. You know, surprising, surprising two game win streak. So hey, let's roll with that.
0: We championship, man. We championship.
1: Yeah,
0: we champion. All right, man. Um, it's uh, so it's me and you, as as it always is. A lot of the times, uh, we do have somebody else joining us later on. So we will introduce him when he comes on. But hey, let's jump right into this, man. So single large item, jumping right into it. And I kind of talked about the Grizzlies game and the solo pod that I recorded. Um, ex- and in, in that solo pod, I explained why we released it so late, and it's still not out. I will attach it at the end of this podcast. So after the outro and everything, don't go anywhere. There's bonus content. Me from the past, real treat. I promise you. So, <laughs> thunder, thunder chats. Uh, um, like a real ode to the original thunder chats. You hear the turn signal in the background. You can hear my heater in the background. It's amazing. So, um, but yeah. Talked about the Spurs game extensively in that, but last night the Thunder played a game against the Portland Trail Blazers. The first Spurs
1: game the or the two. Grizzlies game,
0: yes, that. That okay. the Grizzlies
1: game. I apologize, I apologize. Yeah,
0: I, I I still had in my mind, um, the game before the road trip, we played the Spurs without Shea, ah, uh, yes, 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 and Giddy was playing. So, I don't I don't even know what, what the correlation was because Giddy didn't play in the Grizzlies game. But in my head, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but Shea was back last night. You know, they went through the whole injury report, gymnastics, of making him questionable midday. And then later on in the day, he was listed as available. And he was back. So, we had that to look forward to in the Portland Trailblazers game, in which Damon Willard was 21 points away from being the leading scorer. So man, let's jump into it. Let's talk about this game. Single large item. What was uh what stood out to you, man?
1: I mean, do you want me to go grab the low-hanging fruit? No, we'll hit that last. <laughs> um no, it was just it was it was one of those games that I, I just I wanna I wanna touch on the um the ability for this team to fight through you know, fight through adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know they're down. Josh Giddy, they're down. Darius Bailey, even though Darius Bazley is not a huge part of this team and probably is not you know long for this team, when he's in there, he produces this season. You know, and you know the the stats have shown that when he's in there, the team is a plus. They're not a minus like they used to be, um, and so they were out with you know COVID or not COVID, but they were out with non-COVID illness, um, and so you know the ability for this team to to go ahead and persevere, even though they're playing against one of the top you know teams in the West. Um, it's just it it just night in night out. It just kind of amazes me. Like I, you know, you look at this team and you kind of you kind of look at recency bias and you think about the last two seasons and how they kind of you know how they played and how they kind of looked out there as a rebuilding team and maybe purposely done sometimes by the organization where they pull players and you have you know the you have you know you have a a squad out there that's made out of half NBA players, half G League players, and that's about it. Um, but you know, their ability to go ahead and persevere, their ability to, you know, get through injuries and next man up. That's one of the biggest things in the last iteration of the Thunder with Westbrook, with Paul George, with Kevin Durant, is, you know, literally if, you know, Tavo Sepalosha or Andre Robertson were out, the team crumbled because that, you know, that glue guy was so important for the team. This team, and I think the team is purposely being built this way, is – next man up you know go ahead and you know push everybody up to the top and let you know let them rise up together um and so I I think kind of seeing that in this game play out because they were down by 10 early they came back with a lineup of of Shea and, and a bunch of bombers you know Shea, Mescala, <laughs> Isaiah Joe, Jalen Williams um I believe it was Lindy Waters out there probably um and so they came back with that Kenrich Williams, you know, his, his veteran leadership on this team. Um, so it's just, it, it's just good to see this team become a a team, you know, they're, yeah. they're an NBA team now. And so seeing that progression is awesome. And, and this season is one of those years where again, you say, Hey, go out there and do whatever you can, but you do want to see improvement. You do want to see, you know, just an uptrend and uptick in, in team play. And we're seeing that. And so, you know, just one of the things – that's one of the things that I want to touch on was the fact that this team is, is trending in the right direction. You know, we're no longer a rebuilding team. We're more of a um, enforcing team. Like, we're, we enforce that rebuild now and see where we can get it.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And, like, you know, for a long time, like, you know, this team was Shea and and that was it. Like, you know, Shea. Yeah. She was on injury reports because his back hurt from carrying us. And now he's getting some help. Like, you know, we we have beckoned Samuel Presty to surround this man with shooters because what he's been able to do with the lack thereof in the past couple of seasons has just been nothing short of astounding. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you, you you talk about it. He has a bomber lineup. Like, that's what Mark Degnault literally calls it. Um, Like, just looking at the box score last night, Isaiah Joe, Kendrick Williams, Mike Muscala came in. Isaiah Joe hit three of six from three. Uh, By the way, just freaking love Isaiah Joe. Love him as an addition to this team. He's amazing. Anyways, Kendrick Williams, two or three from three. And then our boy, Mike Muscala. Our boy
1: came back. He flunked it for a little bit there, but he came back.
0: He came back in a big way, four or five from deep. And, I mean, he was – My guy. Yeah, he he was, I mean, he was awesome, man. Like, <laughs> there, there's no other way of putting it. Like, we needed that spark because if you look at the starting lineup, like, they all struggled, Shea including, or I mean, including Shea. Like, they all shot below 50% from the field. And then you look at the bench, everybody but Lindy Waters who came in missed all three of his three-point attempts. Everybody that came in off the bench made at least 50% of their shots. So, uh, the bench was a huge lift. And, like, you know, whenever you can – surround Shea with shooters, it alleviates the pressure off him, it lets him get to the rim more, it gives him more opportunities to get into um situations where he can, you know, absorb contact and get to the line. And that's kind of where you can find his rhythm. And it, it happened last night, you know, once that lineup came out there, awesome. Like it was a he was able to generate some assists, led the team with six assists. Um but he was also able to get to the line and he won a perfect 14 to 14 from the stripe. And that kind of helped him get back into the rhythm in a game where he started off two of 12, he finished the game eight of 12. So uh, yeah, shout, shout out to the reserves, man. Shout out to the shooters out there because you know, they've, they've been showing up and showing out like as a team in this game, we shot 35% from three. But I mean we're we're a game removed from the Grizzlies game in which we shot like forty eight percent from three as a team. So
1: you know that you know that's called in the NBA what's that? It's called home cooking. I like it. That's what that's called.
0: I like it and it tastes tastes great, man. Um, I, all right well, if I'm going my single watch item for the game uh I mean, can I just talk about Isaiah Joe a little bit more, man? Because like, you know, I I touched wax, on wax poetic,
1: <laughs> my guy. Because I'm gonna join you. So go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I, I touched on a shooting, like in this pod and the pod beforehand. And you know, I'm I'm on NBA stats. Uh, I'm on NBA.com right now, and I'm I'm just gonna look up his stats because it's it's nothing short of amazing. Preach, um,
1: Preach, bless us.
0: <laughs> so last night he was three to six from three. I think the night before. I think he was also three of six from three in the game before. Um, I'm, I'm looking up his like season long stats for how well he shot the ball. I'm almost there. My computer's slow. Okay. So he's shooting 46.1% from three on almost four attempts per game. I believe that's in, number
1: five in the league.
0: Uh, that's amazing. And it's, it's, it's only in 12 minutes per game. Wow. And this this is what's crazy. So, like, he's played in 24 games this this season. Wow, my computer really just stopped. Okay, yeah. He's played in 24 games this season. And like I said, it, you know, that was 12 minutes per game. And a lot of that is factoring in the early part of the season. See, at 11 seconds, didn't play, 6 minutes, 3 seconds, a minute, 10 seconds, 9 minutes. You get the idea. In the month of December, Isaiah Joe... Has averaged 18 minutes, and in those 18 minutes, about five and a half attempts from three, 48.8 percent from the three-point line, averaging 10 and a half points per game. Like he's been everything that we could ever ask for off the bench for Shea, for Giddy, and just for our team. Like this is a guy that could legitimately carve out a role in our team for the future. Like when it's time to hit go, when it's time to. Push in these assets and like, you know, start actually competing, Isaiah Joe could have a real place in, in that role. Um, and I know somebody that's got something to say about that. Joining the oh, pod right now, wow. you know, um, he, he probably just got done doing a stream of Bleacher Report. <laughs> he does have the underscore. It's the man, the myth, the legend,
2: Connor. What up, Kung? Not much, man. Sorry I'm hopping on late. Um, I actually just got a new computer, so that was kind of getting set up. So I'm no longer on the horrible laptop that I currently use to do everything. So this is amazing. I'm seeing y'all's beautiful faces in like bright, beautiful HD on like a monitor and not the laptop screen. Um, But yeah, things are going good. I heard y'all talk about Isaiah Joe. Big fan of Isaiah Joe, by the way. Um, So I guess I I can just chime in real quick about Isaiah Joe, if that's what y'all are looking for. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, for those of you that might not know, on the pod, my brother is a big Sixers fan, and Isaiah Joe was waived from the Sixers before coming to OKC. My brother, so mad when he found out that (laughs) Isaiah Joe was waived because he... He was a truther. He said for years, Isaiah Joe should play more. Isaiah Joe should play more. He had some good moments in Philly. Philly waves him. He's like, I can't believe we did this. He's going to go be amazing somewhere else. Turns out the place he's amazing is Oklahoma City. (laughs) So I'm forever grateful to the Sixers for giving us Isaiah Joe. The three-point shooting, the ability to shoot on the move, which is something we hardly have on this roster. Mm -hmm. Super valuable in Mm -hmm. the league. The shot creation, just the fluidity, oh my gosh, to the game. That was not fluid. Um, but just his ability to create is absolutely necessary on this team. And I've seen some people say like, oh, he's a fun story. I think he's more than a fun story. I think he's a legit piece for the future for this team.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I put out a tweet actually um, after the Grizzlies game, and I said mm-hmm. Isaiah Joe might legitimately be the best free agent signing that Thunder
2: has ever had like
0: and it's 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 not an illustrious class like you got <laughs> patrick patterson Yeah, no, pa- don't disrespect
2: p pat hey Under daquan legend. cook
1: take Cook. there
2: you
0: yeah. go yes yeah, so, i mean you got you got some good players but i mean no
1: no no morrow daquan cook was a trade yeah anthony morrow,
0: morrow
2: we almost had alec burks but then he walked back on us <laughs> when he found out that we were trading everybody so we you know, almost pa- pa- had him
1: pa- pal gasol and the uh, you know and the <laughs> the uh what was it what's that called? The opera. The the lack of opera.
0: Oh yeah, the lack of the opera. Yeah. God, stupid Pal Gasol. That was so <laughs> dumb. Um, but yeah, no, man, like it's uh I mean it's it, it's legitimate. Like the you know, like I was talking to Alex, like not just what he's doing for the team and the rebuild right now in the limited minutes that he's getting right now, but whenever we're pushing the chips in, I'm like we're like we're trying to win. Like mm-hmm. Isaiah Joe, I think, has legitimately carved a spot out in this roster. Um, and I apologize for ever insinuating that he tricked us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bro, it is. It's it was so crazy that night of the Dallas game, because that night I was out for part of it with my girlfriend and um, like like we were losing pretty bad. And then we started to come back and I, I'm just watching Isaiah Joe hit a three, hit another three. Like we're at a bar and I'm watching like on my phone in the corner of the bar and Isaiah Joe masterclass as he's breaking out for the roster. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like, I think I heard when you came in, like he's getting what, like 18 minutes per game now or something like that. Like In, he in is, the month of
0: December, 18 minutes for game. He's yeah. legit
2: carving out a role. Like he's getting more minutes. Like Trey Mann got sent to the G League because he hasn't been so great so far this season. And Isaiah mm-hmm. Joe is doing a lot of the similar stuff we've been looking for from Trey Mann. Not saying I think Joe is better than Trey Mann long-term or anything like that, but he's been a, such a good piece this season that you can't keep him out of the rotation. Like he has to get some of those minutes. And he was someone, like you said, that got waived and we picked him up as a free agent and it's just it's been incredible i know there are a lot of people i was talking to a couple of friends that are super into the draft and they were saying that he was like a draft darling for so many people mm-hmm. um, when he was in the draft class i think what like 2017 or 18 for him actually it wasn't that long ago um i can't remember what draft. 18 class it sounds was. right i think it might be 2018 which only adds to a further stack 2018 draft <laughs> class if he really does uh come out of that class i think it's 2018 but just I don't know, man. Sam Presti always seems to kind of find these gems. But one thing that we've always been unable to find is consistent shooting. It feels like regardless of the era, whether it's the old one, the new one, we've always lacked shooters. And now we've got Isaiah Joe. If we let him go, I'm going to be so heartbroken because he has legit become one of my favorite guys on the roster to watch.
1: Yeah. If this if this was Vince Rosman's only move this year – he has paid for his salary for this season.
0: <laughs> I literally you know, just Googled his name because I was gonna bring that up.
1: <laughs> yes, like like it had like Vince Rosman had to have a hand in this. Like he's mm-hmm. seen and he probably scouted Isaiah Joe coming into 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's probably the reason why they had him on the on on the, the Philly roster. Um, and so you know, that quick move to go ahead and be like, yo, let's let's pick him up and let's sign him, not just pick him up and mm-hmm. sign him to like a training camp deal. no let's pick him up and sign him to like one of those you know one of those uh going from a jeep from a from a two-way player to a nor- to a uh a full-time roster player type mm-hmm. contract he did that with the quickness he knew that shooting was going to be a premium and you don't really get shooters on the market for for teeth and so if you're able to get a young shooter that's able to develop with shea and, and able to develop around you know that offense with giddy with shea um and that's what we're seeing right now. And and you know, like the Thunder, you know, kinda like kind of like Cone said is, as far as like, you know, every iteration of the Thunder has wanted a player like this. They've wanted to find that, you know, that, that shooter that starts off hardly a nobody, comes into the system, you know, starts to produce in the system, and, and you know, he stays he stays home homegrown basically. Miami does that all the time. San Antonio used to do that all the time. Um, and so, you know, this may be the start of that of that guy for us, um, and I'm loving him, and I am completely loving it. I, I think he is he is great on this roster, and I think he, given the, you know, I, I look at him and, I, and I've looked at him playing. I'm like, why the hell did Philly get rid of him? Oh, like man. as far as like how how Embiid performs with shooters around him, and they had to get rid of Curry whenever they traded Ben Simmons. It's, why in the world did you get rid of him? But hey. I'm okay with it. And I'm still wondering, like, why did they get rid of him? Because you can talk about roster crunch all you want, but this is the type of guy that you want on your mm-hmm. roster, a cheap shooter, you know, somebody that is young and still developing.
0: Philly can use a guy like that
1: right now. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, so, so yeah, I, I'm glad that he fell into our laps, and I'm glad that he he has been given the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to go ahead and develop alongside you know Shea alongside Giddy, and I think it's done wonders for his game. I think it's done wonders for his confidence, um, and I think the sky's the limit as far as what we could see from him moving forward. Because he's already won two games for us. You know the Dallas game and the Memphis game. Basically, they won it because of him, because of his shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and teams know that now. Teams are starting to kind of you know like he, like you've said in the previous pod, you know he is bending the defense towards him, and so that's just going to give Shea even more space, and so you know, hopefully Mike, you know, Moscala continues to do what he did last night and not go back into another slump. That's going to bend the defense even more. And it's going to give even more avenues for SGA. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing and I'm hoping it continues. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have, the, we don't have men- Oh, sorry. You go ahead, Dylan.
2: No, no, man. I, I've already been on you. You, you talk. <laughs> um yeah so to answer your question about why they cut Isaiah Joe I mean I don't think they should have cut him in general they do have a lot of guards with like D'Anthony Melton you know James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton like they've got some solid guys but I feel like even when you get to the end of the bench you like why not have a guy like him who's just a shooter like say and I mean they even were missing James Harden and Tyrese Maxey for each about a month like Tyrese Maxey still hasn't come back yet so if you had a guy like him that also goes another you know that goes the distance as well but like you were saying about the way he bends the defense. There are very few players on this team that have scoring gravity. Like we've got Shea, of course he's one of the most, um, you know, highest scoring gravity players in the NBA right now, Mm -hmm. I would argue, but outside of him, like they're pretty, most teams are probably pretty comfortable with letting us shoot. Like we're going to knock some down. Like Giddy's been shooting really well this month, which is awesome to see. Uh, Dort has been up and down, but recently he's still up and down, but he's turned things around (laughs) a little bit. Um, But we look like – and Poku, you know, he's been good on this season. But even then, I feel like teams are like, if they hit the three, we're going to live with it. But with Isaiah Joe, like, you can't live with it because you can see Mm -hmm. he can knock down five of seven, and it doesn't have to be catch and shoot. He's like, you know, getting flybys where he's knocking – every time someone flies by him, I expect him to knock down the three. And it's just – such a welcome sight i forget how little shooting we've had over the course of um the entire history of the franchise because i watch (laughs) isaiah joe and i'm like oh my god like where has this been all of our lives like isaiah joe was the key to the thunder not blowing the through and lead against golden state he was the key and if we had a time machine we could to stop that whole thing from happening but you know it's all right yeah man and
0: it's like it's funny you know you talk about like uh why the Sixers got rid of him but like in in that tweet where I talked about you know him being like the best free agent signing we've had like like go back and look at it's just riddled with quote tweets from Sixers fans like why do we get rid of this guy or like Mm -hmm. I'm happy he's in the organization that realizes what they have in him and like stuff like Mm -hmm. that and it's not just the shooting man because like you can't even just like (laughs) face guard him um, to like try to stop the three because in that Grizzlies game where he got a little bit more of a leash to, you know, not just like be in a role because, you know, we need the guys to do some stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he showed off his athleticism a little bit. It shocked yeah. me. <laughs> I was like, what, where did that come from? But mm-hmm. no, it's, it's funny because uh, echoing kind of what you were saying about, you know, not having this kind of player in the history of the franchise, like, if you look at the role players on the roster, if you look at um, guys like Isaiah Joe, White Mike Muscala, um, guys like Kendrick Williams, Aaron Wiggins, even and you know even Lou Dore to some extent, like all these players give you not necessarily just one skill, but a combination of skills that could have been very beneficial on those rest KD teams, on those rest PG mm-hmm. teams as well. And I, I think a lot of this is like. I don't think Sam's stupid. I think he knew we needed these type of players. We just didn't have what, you know, what it took to get those type of players on Mm -hmm. those team. Now, you know, he's got the whole, whole toy box full of toys and, you know, whatever he wants to do to like, try to get these pieces in. And he's to his credit, he's surrounded our superstar with, he's starting to surround our superstar with the pieces that he's going to need when it's time to, you know, hit, put the
2: pedal on the gas. So, yeah, credit to Presti, credit to Rosman, credit to Isaiah Joe. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice that like we can because right now the the main thing that's holding us back is we don't really have the star power. We've got Shay, but we don't have like a second or a third star. And you know, maybe Chet can become that or Giddy can mm-hmm. become that, or we acquire one through trade, or you know, maybe we get a draft pick this year that gets us that next star. But we've got great role players, and that's what's super cool, is that I think the second we trade for, like, say we traded for a star at the deadline, not saying it's going to happen, but say it happened. I think we are not just, you know, better. We are exponentially better because we already have role players in place that if we do acquire another star, they can step up into those positions that they need to, and they know what they have to do. They're defenders, they're shooters. We're, we're building a roster where a bunch of different guys can handle the ball. And sure, the roster's not going to be like a contender or anything like that, but I think it becomes a really, really solid team just by adding like one more star because we have so many guys, like you said, Kemrich, Aaron Wiggins, Isaiah Joe, guys that complement each other's skill sets really well, don't need the ball in their hands and can make an impact in a lot of different ways. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Well, okay, come we're we're in single large item right now. Mm-hmm. We're kind of talking our takeaways. Alex talked about you know just the <laughs> the shooting and the lift that like the rest of the team has been able to give Shay in these past couple mm-hmm. games. I, I talked about Isaiah Joe with which we all piggybacked on for like mm-hmm. literally almost twenty minutes. So uh, I love Isaiah Joe. We're trying to hold off on the big single large item for after after we all talk. So what, what's your other single large item?
2: Um other single large item so this is just just for like all the games so like as of recently um yeah i mean you can do that that's fine okay um i i just kind of want to talk about Dub. i feel like i haven't been able like i haven't been on the pod for a little bit apologize <laughs> you that's mean
0: a santa
2: <laughs> yes uh it's the it's the holiday season um yes uh santa's been great um mm. it's been super fun to watch him play and yeah like i said i don't think i've been on the pod since probably since he won rookie of the month. Like I've been uh, really, really busy with a bunch of different things. And Santa's been absolutely incredible. So fun to watch out to him once again for winning rookie of the month. I don't think I was on here since then. And people are noticing, like there are a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are realizing how good he is, especially wizards fans. I feel so bad for them. They're in a really rough spot right now. Franchise wise, every time I tweet something about like when Jalen Williams got his career high a few games ago, I think he had like, what, like 25, 27 points. Uh, I tweeted out about that. Wizards fans were so upset in the quote retweets. They were losing their minds because they took Johnny Davis um, over him. And, you know, Johnny Davis could still be very, very good, but so far he's been playing in the G League, and even in the G League, he hasn't looked great so far. And Jadav mm-hmm. immediately producing right off the bat. I feel like every time he shoots a floater, it's going to go in. Um, his ability to dive to the basket, his athleticism is off the charts. He has so many. I feel like every game we play, he has a crazy putback dunk that like mm-hmm. like gets me up out of my seat. Or he like flies in for a rebound to give us a second chance opportunity. He just makes all these hustle plays. I feel like every time we watch him, he really does feel like a baby Shea in a lot of ways with the scoop layups that he has. Um, his like it legit feels like he's never missed a floater in his entire life. I feel more confident when he not like pull up mid range jumpers. He's legit been one of the most efficient guards in the league this season. Period. Mm-hmm. Never mind just as rookie guards. Uh, so it's been incredible to watch him play super super fun uh, playmaking wise too i think in the blazers game he had like seven dimes or something like that um i'm gonna go back and take a look real quick he had oh no four dimes seven rebounds mix those up yes. um but yeah playmaking wise still um it's been really fun and also he started a youtube channel i don't know if y'all saw that but he started a youtube oh, channel nice. where he did a he did a q a that was really fun to listen to he talked about the pre-draft process and stuff and he talked about wanting to Um, like it was like, would you rather score like, uh, I think it was like 20, 25 points or get like 15 assists or something like that? And he's like, well, you know, I've already done the points, like, I've already scored that much now in my NBA career, and I'd love to do it again. But he's like, I'd like getting my teammates involved, and I like the idea of being able to get 15 assists. Like, I want to be that playmaker for the team. And he's shown a lot of that upside, as have a lot of the other draft picks. Uh, kind of a theme with Sam Presti so far in this rebuild is getting guys that can handle the ball and create for others. J-Deb feels like another home run in that regard. And he's just been super fun to watch. Uh, he really shot up draft boards like crazy. Something else he talked about in his Q&A, he was like, because people we were asking him, like, what was the draft process like? Or like, what team? Someone said, like, what team did you want to go to? And of course, he's like, ah, oh, you know, I was good to go anywhere. Um, but he was like, but I honestly had no idea where I was going because I started the draft process as like a second round pick. And then over time, as I like did workouts in the combine and stuff like that, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I might go in the lottery. And then OKC selected I me. And I'm, you know, blessed to be an OKC. But just the fact that he shot up draft boards that fast and Sam Press, he was able to get them. Um, super, super exciting. Shout out to him. He's been really fun to watch. Um, been our best rookie so far. You know, no chet, so that hurts. Would have loved to see those two play together. But next season, it'll be really fun man just just the the strays that my guy ooze gosh I man I'm so heartbroken also I haven't been on the pod since he fractured his hand man get well mm-hmm. soon ooze bro he was killing it in the g league it was so fun to yeah. watch um so hopefully he gets well soon but yeah shout out to ooze uh no shots thrown to ooze just showing love to <laughs> the rookie of the month Santa Dylan if I can appease you that way you're welcome
0: all right yeah it i will it. I'll, 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 uh... okay I'll take that Alex, do you have anything to add about uh Santos play? No,
1: man, I mean just he's uh so he struggled a little bit in that Memphis game, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he went ahead and still, you know, he pushed through. That's one of the things as far as being an NBA player is you're not gonna be able to score every night. Um, but you know, if you can affect the game in other ways, that you know, you, you can stay on the floor. And so that's the game he had, you know, he had six he had six assists. I believe he had, you know, three or four rebounds. But he was, he and Dort were, were mainly the ball handlers in that game. And so I think that affected his ability to shoot. He probably, you know, he's probably focusing more on, on ball handling and, and being the, the lead creator with Shea and Giddy out. Um, and, hey, I mean, he led them to a victory in that game, even though, it was, you know, it was Dort and it was Isaiah Joe doing most of the scoring. But you do need somebody to kind of, you know, lead, you know, lead the team as far as playmaking and as far as bringing the ball up. And I think he focused on that. So, um you, you're just seeing different facets of his game it's not necessarily adding up to anything great stat wise um but you're seeing consistency you're seeing you know different facets of his game developing um and so you know just excited to see what what comes in the future with this guy once he starts to completely start to put it all together
0: yep absolutely and i mean. You guys have summed it up beautifully, so I just gotta put put a bow on it, um, for for lack of a better term. And uh, Santa's just been in his bag lately. You know, it's mm-hmm. December, so uh, <laughs> he's he's got to be in his bag.
2: He's he's got he's got a lot of work to do in the next couple of days. So yeah, it's it's a busy time. That's why you scored zero points. It's a busy time of the month for. Uh santa there i also want to point out that the one night i was like oh shay's out giddy's out like this will be Dub's night so mm-hmm. i tweeted out i tweeted out that i'm feeling a Dub 30 piece and he scored what was it? one point that night yeah i think so, so yeah that, yeah so my bad my bad yeah it, the conqueror strikes again that's that's all i gotta say it about seems that. always do, <laughs> man I, I was thinking about making a Dub video recently but he was playing well i'm like do i really want to make a video on him Dude, and he, don't, he just don't, falls don't off ever
1: cliff. don't ever make any videos for thunder thunder players at all
2: I'm gonna. I actually just real quick for you. I think I'm gonna be dropping a entire history of the Thunder video on my channel before the end of the year is the goal, and it's gonna it's gonna be called the tragic history of the Thunder. So hopefully that will give us some blessings afterwards is the goal with it. I, so. Hey,
1: grab grab that title now before ESPN thirty for thirty does it. You know for the the first iteration mm. of the Thunder. So go ahead and grab it now.
2: That's all right. When uh, when Santa is holding up that Finals MVP and wearing a Santa hat with Dylan by his side, um, (laughs) it's going to be a great ending to the Thirty for Thirty. Whenever they produce that,
0: yeah, I'm I'm still waiting. Like you know, they're starting to do the Thunder Cares events with like the Santa hats and like the Secret Santa thing or whatever. Um, I'm still waiting to see a picture of Jalen Williams in the Santa hat. He had
1: the he had the Grinch shoes a couple nights ago.
0: He did that. That was that felt pointed. I just got to say that
2: felt pointed. it's a shot at you he's like subtly <laughs> taking shots at you on twitter he's like i refuse to be santa i'll be the grinch i'll be anyone else <laughs>
1: I, hey i like it i respect it so hey, uh, pa- hey papa muscala is uh is on the on the train for that uh, for the nickname so
0: yeah bobby bobby moose is pushing the santa nickname so maybe that means uh mike moose is as well so <laughs> all right boys well hey let's uh i mean we buried the weave long enough let's let's talk about it i mean Shagold Alexander, like I mentioned, he started two of 12 in this game. Him. Ended eight of him. twelve. Yeah, him, uh, Himothy Chalamet, um, him Allen, uh, you know, Hemi Buffett, Hemi uh, Carter, Hemi Carter, all, all the him names. Like, I mean, we, we, we had a whole podcast talking about the him names. I mean, the dude is just insane. The him VP is what he is.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um, so I mean, yeah, started off two of 12, ended uh their his next 12 shots, he was eight of twelve. Hit his only three, 14 to 14 from the stripe. Six dimes to two turnovers, two blocks, one steal, two rebounds. And the most important shot of the night, he hit yet another game winner. Uh, I mean, guys, I mean, I can wax poetic about Shay all night. I mean, as you can see, I've got – got a, whoa, which way do I lean? I got his picture there. <laughs> I got his picture there. Like, I'm, I'm wearing a him hoodie. Like, I mean, I could – oh, hold up, hold up. I think – Yes, I got the shrug. I got the shrug shirt on. Like I I can, I could go I could go all night about Shea goes to Alexander, but I'm gonna go to Alex here first. Alex, what was your thoughts about Shea's performance in this game?
1: Um when the shot when the shot went up, I knew it was going in. I mean, I can definitely tell you 100 percent that. Like the move he put on he put on uh Winslow was uh was pretty sick as far as you know getting a shot up. Uh but I mean hey man, like I, you know, once that game was over, I, I put out a tweet and I said, you know, he's getting, he's getting first team All-NBA. Um, he's going to get the Most Improved Player Award. And he's also going to get the Clutch Player of the Year Award, the Jerry West Clutch Player of the Year Award. Because, you know, he's already hit like three shots like that this year. And I haven't really seen too many other players doing that consistently this year. Um, so if he's going to get an award, it better be that one. Like I know he's probably gonna get most improved because, damn it, you don't go from twenty four to thirty one, and boost your stock all the way up to superstar and, and not get that award. Mm-hmm. But he has led this team to, you know, he's. I, I think I think Joe Masada put on a tweet a tweet today that he leads the league in clutch points. You know, so mm-hmm. you look at that, and then you look at the fact that he's hit a couple game winners and a couple game tires this year. Um, And so he has to win that award. Like I I knew that shot was going in when he went up, like that was, it was just, it was just poetry in motion.
2: Yeah. There's a, um, a tweet from Brian Kalbroski. I think is how his name is pronounced. Mm -hmm. um, That was talking about why Shea should be the runaway favorite to win the inaugural clutch player of the year award this season. Shea has hit as many field goals to tie or take the lead in the final second of the game as any player in any season in a decade already. He's yeah. hit as, he's hit as many and we're currently at, on December 20th. We're what?
1: Like 20, that, 25 games in.
2: Yeah. And he's already tied anybody in the last decade yeah. for ha- like hitting tying or go ahead shots in the last second. It is unbelievable how good he is in these clutch moments. And he, they asked him about it after the game. They're like, you know, are you comfortable in these moments? And he's like, yeah, I'm comfortable. Like, you know, like it's absolutely nothing. Um, it's, like you said, Alex, the second the shot goes up, as long as we get Shea the ball, he's going to put it in the basket. You know, every now and again, might be a miss here and there. Ninety percent of the time, Shea is going to knock down that shot. Mm-hmm. It's just what he does. And the fact that he went from two, two of twelve shooting to turning things around completely, being the best player in the game and hitting the game winner. Not many superstars, not many players in the league, or even superstars can do that. Like when you start two for twelve. I mean at that moment I was like wow this is crazy we never see this from Shea I guess you know every player's got to have an off night eventually turns out that's not true because Shea did not have an off night and he just completely turned things around you know he impacts the game beyond scoring and everything too but mm-hmm. it's
1: just it's it's amazing to watch could I just say the beautiful irony of him doing that in the building with <laughs> Damian Lillard in the building. Absolutely. Damian Lill- Lillard beat, uh, basically being the reason why SGA uh, was on the court wearing a Thunder yes. jersey that evening. Can we mm. just say that beautiful irony? You know, I wish Shea would have like waved him off, but it's not time Bro, for that son. yet. It's, it's not time for that yet. We're not in the playoffs. <laughs> it's not time for that yet. But it was it was beautiful irony that that happened right then and there.
0: No, dude, the, the way the camera was framed, like after Shay hit the shot and it zoomed in, you just saw his arm go straight up in the air and it went out of frame just like mine did. I was like, yeah. he's waving them off the court right now. <laughs> like I wow. was screaming in my house. Like I, I was like, that's insane. No, but like, you know, talking about his start, you know, obviously he started two of twelve. I my first thought was just like his backs like really hurt. Like he, mm-hmm. like he, not only is it hurt, like he's stiff after sitting out a little bit and like he came back too early, like, you know, credit him, like his resilience and stuffness, toughness, but like, he's probably, it's probably just not as night. And, you know, like you said, and, you know, kind of like we was talking about when Alex was talking about the team stepping up, like the shooting coming out there and providing spacing for him, not only to get to the rim, but to get in through opportunities at the line for him to find his rhythm at the line um, you know just completely changed the game for him and you know I mean like you said every I mean echo everything you said like as as soon as the shot goes up like it's in and I, I'll add to that if it's a clean look not even if it's a clean look as long as they don't touch the ball or touch Shay's arm like they did in the Miami Heat game Shay's making the shot like let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just call it what it is and um, I mean you know, it, it it's crazy. He's hit so many of these shots since he's been on the Thunder, but like I, I could I could name every one of them. Let's let's play a game real quick. Let's just let's just take turns naming uh, like shots that Shea has made in the clutch right now. So obviously you've got the one last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and start there. So yeah, there you go. Portland Trail Blazers game winner right there. Uh, we'll go to Cone first. Cone is also a Shea historian as well.
2: In fact, yeah, a Shea historian. i'll go to the uh, i mean i'll go to the wizards game winner
1: it's uh, a shake him
2: of course thank you thank Thank you you. alex some people forget the title thank you (laughs) how about you alex
1: um so i'm sorry which one did you say the wizards one
2: i said the wizards game winner yeah
1: i'm gonna go back to to last season um the uh the clippers one Mm -hmm. okay
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to go to one that wasn't a game winner, but was a clutch shot. It was this year. Should have been a game winner. I'm looking
2: at you, Lou Dort, yeah, the Milwaukee game Bucks game. game. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and go to uh, – this one also wasn't a game winner. Also should have been a uh, game winner. Or I, I can't remember if it, tied it was a game winner. I'm going to go with the Pelican shot. No. Um, <sighs> heartbreaker Heart- sorry alex heartbreaker
1: Graham, damn you.
2: i got i got a um a snapchat memory it was like one year ago today like this happened a few days ago and it was me recording what had happened and then like flipping the camera back on my face to be like are you kidding me and i'm glad i saved my reaction to that because it was it was incredible the longest game winner hit in the history of the sport so man yes. that was wild my ball just went straight
1: up in the air i know
0: Anyways, Alex, what you got?
1: Um, what three seasons ago in the playoffs against Houston? I think it was Game mm. Five. Yep, yep, yeah. I remember that. That, I was, was... that was clutch. That was clutch. That was clutch, and that was you know that was back when he was he struggled a little bit in that playoff series. You know, struggled a little been. bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but he hit that shot. That shot was wide open. He hit it three pointer. I think it was in the corner, mm-hmm. and, and you know, gave him the victory. Yeah, I remember he
0: had a really rough first game. He went off like the next three games. And then the last two games, he struggled. And it was like, ah, dang. So, but yeah, it's all good. Uh, and also, just like looking back at that video, it, it felt so weird to see Shay taking a shot off ball in the clutch.
2: Yeah, it was weird to see him get a catch and shoot opportunity. <laughs> That's, you don't see that with Shay very often now. Cause I mean, you just give him the ball and you say, all right, go get us a bucket.
0: Yep. And you know, kinda of in the same vein. Like this this is the last one I can think of. If if Cone could pull out another one from his butt, then like you know, he he is absolutely him. Like this is the last one I can think <laughs> of. It's the Hornets game, the very first game in the post-Chris Paul era, opening night in Charlotte, Shay drives down the court, hits Cody Martin with a sick in and out, hezy crossover, pull-up mid-range,
2: nails. And that that was his first game. As a member, or as like the the guy, after we mm-hmm. traded everyone else off, mm-hmm. man, I was that that was the moment. I mean, like we didn't really need that much of a moment, but that was like you know that he's going to be the guy hitting a game winner, first game of the season. Um, clutch shots in terms of like game winners or game tires, I can't really think of any more. I don't know. I don't know if there are any more. Yeah. I mean, they are like, I mean, he even has clutch buckets going back to like his rookie season. I remember there was I can't remember what game it was there was one game where he hit like a big shot to take the not take the lead but I think extend their lead kind of like a dagger type thing late I can't remember what team it was against but I know he did that Mm -hmm. once on the Clippers and I mean even in in that series against the Warriors that they had in the first round he had a couple moments so I'm out I think I think that those are all like the big ones that came off you know the top of the head but man didn't have any more yeah man he's I mean I mean it's
0: just the start like you know, you said like. He's hit more shots this season since 2010. Um, mm-hmm. Like we're like what 20, like almost
2: 30 games in. Like we still got like 52 games to go. <laughs> yeah, not even like the, the All Star break is still two months away, and it, it feels like it feels like every other week he's hitting a game winner or he's hitting one that should have been. He should have like four game winners more than he has on his career with like these stupid moments that happen. But um, yeah, man, it's. It's incredible to watch. I tweet out earlier. I like just like got off uh, the plane. I was flying back from New York. For y- those of y'all that don't know, I've been living in New York City with my girlfriend, um, but I ca- came home for the holidays. And so I was just like, um, like I got off the plane and I was just, I was just like thinking like bored on the plane. I was like, we really went from like Russ and KD to like Russ and having Paul George and, you know, that wasn't super successful overall, like a couple first round exits, but still in a high level of talent. Then we went to the rebuild and we started our rebuild with Shea Gilgis Alexander, like how, like so many franchises are still looking for a player of that caliber and have been looking for years on year, like decades. You look at a franchise, like the Kings, like they've been looking for a guy like Shea for so long. Mm-hmm. And we just got him in the first year of our rebuild. Like that is, I mean, look Look at Minnesota. They're
1: still they're still looking for the Garnett era magic, you know, mm-hmm. with with Cat. With you know, they just they just haven't found it. You know, um, I got one more for y'all. Oh, okay. Uh, so so the Chicago game this year, it went into overtime, and the reason it went into overtime is because I think SGA hit a shot, but in overtime, uh, they were down by one in the last twenty seven seconds of the game. He hit five straight free throws.
2: Um, ah, so yeah,
1: to give them a victory. So I'll take that yeah, free th- free moment. throws.
0: Free, free throws are clutch. Yeah, they are. They, they are.
1: I don't think they'd count
0: those in those like in that like uh in, in
2: those stats though for
0: whatever reason. I don't know why. They should they're they haters. Should. Yeah. That's I the mean, only
2: way they can stop Shay's clutch stats.
0: Yeah, if you're doing free throws, if you're doing like daggers and, and stuff like that, like I mean, I, I think Shay's still like right up there at the top. Like I can't tell you how many times he's at the line and we're chaining M V P at home. Uh, I mm-hmm. think he even got M V P chance at, at, at a couple of away games as well, too, which is just yeah bonkers to think in new york he did yeah that was that was why it was cone it was cone leading the charge yeah that was me that was me (laughs) um well guys let's talk about Shay for just a little bit so we kind of touched on the things that we we think he's going to be able to accomplish this year um he's already got a player of the week um in his arsenal um do we think you know and All-star voting opened up today. If you guys have not yet, vote for Shea. Um, Cohen, I know you're an NBA purist. You might not be able to do this, but if you really want Shea to be a starter, maybe don't vote for another guard in the Western Conference just because that's his direct competition. (laughs) You know, just because you're not voting for two guards that aren't Shea doesn't mean that the one that you're voting for won't get in over
2: Shea. Throw another Thunder guard on there. Throw Isaiah Joe one of your all-star votes.
0: Did y'all yeah, see my all-star Isaiah ballot Jones of all thunder it. guys? I-, I saw Eugene and I just like okay. We're, 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 <laughs> it, was,
2: it was Shea, Giddy, Eugene, Poku, and Chet. They had Chet on the ballot. So I was like, I'll throw Chet's name in there. Oh nice! So, absolutely yeah. deserves it. Absolutely yeah. deserves it. They're being a lot more strict with the position things I saw with through the voting. It seems like after last year with the whole Andrew Wiggins thing and like the K pop fans getting mm-hmm. him to start, they've like really cracked down on stuff. Like uh like typically you would see like like a guy like Luca might be like a guard or a forward. Now he's only a guard, I think. Um, like Lou Dort is just a guard despite playing a bunch of three. Same with Josh giddy uh, Cambridge mm-hmm. Williams is only a guard, I think. Same with like Aaron Wiggins. Not that they're going to make mm-hmm. it, but like even that, like that feels wrong. So I don't know. It seems like they're really cracking down. So that might hurt Shea's starter case a bit because you can't have like maybe Luca slides over to like a forward spot or something. But um, we're going to push anyways. So we're going to get Shea in there as a starter. Uh, we'll make it happen.
0: Well, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, Shea keeps playing at this level. Obviously, Curry's missing some time. Maybe Shea could leapfrog Curry. You know, maybe is, not Luka. That,
2: that is a good point, yeah. I mean, if, if Curry ends up missing, you know, like a month, a month and a half, there is, I think, a real shot that Shea ends up getting that start. Although the fan votes, they love Curry. So it might be a little they bit are, harder, but yeah. um, Shea for all-star captain. I, I need it, man. Uh, maybe not captain, but, like, imagine, you know,
0: just, just – you know, we've been pushing for Shea to be an all star for like the past two seasons. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm just going to skip being all star reserve. I'm going to be all star starter
1: my first mm-hmm. time I'm in the all star game. I mean, it'd be amazing. I but, mean, here, here's, the, here's the thing. I mean, so you have, you have Shea, you have Oklahoma City, and I know Oklahoma City is smaller. But hey, Toronto, let's get this guy into the all star <laughs> game as a starter. Like, you guys are a major metropolitan area. Vote for your guy. Vote for the guy that you want there in a couple of years through various trades or whatever. Let's get him into the All-Star game as a starter. Yep. There you go, Alex. Oh, Canada.
0: (laughs) Side note, I think it's funny. Like, I was listening to the mismatch earlier with uh, Verno and KOC, and, like, it's starting to get to the point where even national podcasts are like, Toronto, you're not getting Shea Gildas, Alexander.
2: It's (laughs) it's just not happening. Just give it up. (laughs) I just want to say I think the funniest timeline would be the Raptors decide to blow it up and Pascal Siakam becomes an Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that would be the funniest thing to ever happen in the history of the sport. But we we'll
1: keep that Keep that in mind, Cone. Keep that in mind. <laughs> Talk about that soon. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I, I think uh, I think we're all in tune on like what we think Shea's going to do this year. I mean, he's listed right now as the favorite um, on pretty much every betting site. And, you know, in the world right now for most improved. And, you know, we should probably just rename it the most improved player mm-hmm. of the year. Um So that, I, I think that's happening. <laughs> like that's, that's done. Like that's going to happen. Um You know, Cone, I think, uh I, I know whenever we went on draft deepers pod, I predicted like at least a third team all NBA. Was you on board with me on that? Or what was you still? Uh,
2: I don't know, man. Well, okay. So after, um, I forget when I started pushing it, but I think I think I, I started pushing the Shea All nba narrative like right before the season started. I can't remember if I was quite on the train yet. Because it mm-hmm. was it was hard to see a path. Like, you know, you've got so many great guards mm-hmm. with Steph, Luca, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, um uh, forgetting John Morant. I'm forgetting so many other names Boker, as well. Yeah. Um, Booker's another name as well. Um, you know, Chris Paul has always gotten a lot of love from the media and stuff like that, being a winner. Uh, Jalen Brown's another guard that comes to mind. Darius Garland has been really good. at Like, there's so many great guards in the NBA. And so uh, they also take a little bit of team success into account in terms of all NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, you can argue about whether or not. So I was a little bit hesitant, I think. But yeah, towards the start of the season, I got on the train. I don't know if I was quite as early as you, Dylan. I will say <laughs> uh, maybe I'm a bit too much of a... Uh, I love too much basketball and I'm not biased enough, but I mean, you, you were right. It's, it's very much trending that way. And the beautiful
1: thing, and the beautiful thing is when you said it, it felt like a very hot take and you may have undershot it. That's the beautiful part about it. When
2: I tweeted out like, I think like Shea's going to make, like, I can even go try and find the tweet when I tweeted out that Shay's going to make the all NBA team. Or I think I said, like, I'm like ne- starting now we're pushing the Shea all NBA narrative. There are so many people are like, like, ah, oh, maybe some point down the line, but like, there's just so many great guards in the NBA. I don't see it happening. Or they're like, you're delusional. Like that doesn't make sense. It was a hot take to say he was going to make it. And, you know, now it's not a hot take at all. Now you've got people straight up skipping, you know, is he going to be an all-star? And they're like, you know, like where mm-hmm. are on the All NBA teams is this guy going to end up? I do still see some podcasts be like, he's probably going to be an all-star. Like, you don't need to add the probably in there. It feels like exactly. a little bit yeah, <laughs> unnecessary, but whatever, whatever. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah and and in terms of like predicting like hot takes and stuff uh I was one that wrote an article for a certain now that's thunderbasketball.com before the MVP season predicting Paul George would win the MVP he didn't but that was a stretch in and of mm-hmm. itself he because a lot he people- would
1: have he would have if he didn't hurt his shoulder.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of people was like, how's he going to win MVP of the league if he's not even the best player on his team? And I was like, you know, I mean, this, 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 this. And <laughs> there he was, top three in the MVP voting. So that's that's all I got to say. I'm I'm good at predicting the hot takes. But, yeah, no man, I mean. He knows ball. There we go. I, I think, I mean, Scott, I mean, clutch player of the year, like, lock it up. Like, I, I don't cool. see anybody else, like, coming close to that. I don't see nobody coming close to most improved player. I think he's definitely gonna be an All Star. I think he has a shot at All Star starter. I've uh, shout out to the timeline, man, because like scrolling through the timeline, I saw a lot of Shea Gilchrist
2: Alexander in the ballots, and it wasn't just Thunder fans either. So that he's getting a lot of that recognition. Like you see Charles Barkley talk about him on TNT. Like that's he doesn't you. know his name. He doesn't know his
1: name <laughs> still, but yeah,
2: yeah, he he has a rough, vague idea of what his name is.
1: But- <laughs> Shea Gilchrist well- Alexander. <laughs>
2: We'll take that for now.
1: While we're still in the
2: rebuild, we'll take it. Once we're raising a banner, then, you know, the name becomes a little more important to say correctly. Yep, absolutely, man. But, yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's just awesome, man. Like it's – and, you know, like we said, it's not even halfway done. So excited to see more shade. But uh, let's transition into the future just a little bit, fellas. So um, there's been some reports going around the past couple of days about some players that – Maybe unhappy with their situation, maybe available if their team blows it up. And I, I just want to open this up. You know, this is a discussion that we have every now and then because we have one of the biggest treasure chests of assets in the NBA. And so theoretically, if a star comes available, if we want that star, we have first bid on it. So um, obviously, Cone, you talked about Toronto Raptors everywhere and Pascal C. Hackum being a player. Mm-hmm. And I love Pascal. I think he would be awesome. I think he might cost more than somebody else on the Raptors. I think would be a seamless fit and mm. OG and Anobi, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the guy that yeah. I see as, you know, he's not a guy that's going to like, you know, that's going to push us to contention, but like, say we trade for him at the trade deadline, like Toronto wants to blow it up. They want to shot at Victor Wimbanyama, whatever, like say we trade for OG and Anobi at the trade deadline, um we get whatever pick we have in the draft or maybe we trade that pick in the draft. I don't know, but we have Chet Holmgren coming the next year. Like the bones of that team with Shea, Getty, OG Ananobi, um, Chet Holmgren, and then whoever you have at the four spot, however you want to do it, JRE, Santa, Usman, Jang, whoever you draft, like that's the bones of like a really good team. And I think Pascal is a free agent this offseason. Um OG, I think, is a free agent nope. the following off next. season. Did
1: I flip those? So OG after this year has two years and thirty-eight million dollars remaining on mm-hmm. his on his contract. Uh Pascal has 37.8 next next season. Okay. Okay.
0: So I knew OG had more time. That that's 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 that was the whole point of it. So like mm-hmm. you, you get more time of OG on this lower contract before he wants to get paid. Um, as opposed to Pascal. And, I mean, he's he's a wing defender who can not only create his own shot but can shoot the three ball and provide some spacing. Uh, I, I think he would be a home run pick – or not home run pick, a home run
2: target for Presty to bring in. Mm. I like OG's OG. game a lot. Um, I did see a couple, a couple reporters have been saying that they think OG could net a Donovan Mitchell-like return. I don't believe that. I think that would be insane – but yeah, I exactly do see what they're, that, I yeah, I do see what they're saying in terms of, um, you know, it's going to be a lot to get him, and that's part of what's interesting with Toronto is I do think it makes sense for them to blow it up. I've been um, saying mm-hmm. on YouTube and stuff like that that I think right now makes sense, in particular trading Siakam because he is 28 at this point, it doesn't feel like they're super close to contention. They were kind of banking on big improvements from Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. They've gotten it out of OG, but Scotty Barnes has kind of hit a bit of a sophomore wall. I still think he's going to be really good, but it's just not coming as soon as people thought. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. has gotten benched every now and again. So it's, it's just not really worked out. So I think Siakam right now, he's playing at like a top 15 player level. You can go ahead and deal him. If I, like, I think... You know, we'll have to see how the value works. But if Siakam is somehow cheaper than OG Ananobi, because OG is younger, he is under more team control. Maybe he's a little bit more expensive to acquire. And maybe with a Siakam, the Raptors are like, you know, we want a lot of assets, but we understand that he's a bit older type thing. Regardless, the idea of either of them fits perfectly in Oklahoma City, Siakam. You put him and Chet at the four and the five. That is a ridiculous defensive front court that you have right there. Um, You have the makings of potentially a top 10 defense already. You throw Dort in the mix. It's just, it continues to get scarier and scarier. And then you think about O.G. Ananobi, you know, it's so important. We've seen many teams in the past where... Mm they lose in a playoff series because they don't have like an elite point of attack defender, like an OG Anunobi is he's a defensive player of the year caliber guy. He's been getting better offensively. And so you put him next to Shea. He doesn't need the ball in his hands, but he can create with it. If he needs to, he can shoot, he can defend at a high level either of those two guys from Toronto I think would be seamless fits. I honestly would just have to see what it would cost to acquire one of them. But if either of them are like somewhat affordable in terms of what Sam Presti is trying to build with this team, I say go for it. Like as soon as you can get it, don't risk another team going and picking up one of these guys because I think either of them fit perfectly next to Shea, Chet, you know, whatever else we're trying to build.
1: Beautiful. The beautiful thing is, is that we can give them a Donovan Mitchell type deal. Mm-hmm. Without necessarily expending anything of huge value, mm-hmm. you know. And we you yeah, we them... still have more. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you can give them like the Miami pick. You can give them the Utah pick. You can give them all these other picks, and maybe even some of our picks later in the in the future, without necessarily you know expending your own capital, uh, like Utah had to do, like the Clippers had to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, man, I would I would a hundred percent be down with an OG and an OB trade for us. Who would I be willing to give up? I'd be willing to give up Dort. I might be willing to give up Giddy. Not together, just separately. Just separately. No, no, no. You know, Dort's tough. tough couple <laughs> Giddy's tough, yes, but man, look, man. I love Giddy. I don't think this team I don't think this team necessarily saw the explosion that SGA was gonna become. And and the type of player that he is and the type of probably offense that you need around him or players that you need around him. You need defenders. You need um, shooters around him. Um, And, you know, I love Giddy as a – like, here's the thing. Tao Maladon, my first season he was here, it was a crazy season. Shea did not play a lot that year. Um, And he kind of flourished. You know, we thought this is our backup point guard of the future for us maybe even a possible, like, just floor general type starter for us. Second year, the The schema of – the offensive schema of the team kind of changed a little bit with Shea, Giddy and all that. And so he kind of got flushed out in the mix. He goes to Charlotte this year, and he's not playing bad. You know, he's, he's playing okay. I know Charlotte is a – again, a rebuilding team. They're probably going to have the worst record this year. Um, but – you know, you put a player in a different environment and they can flourish in that different environment. And so taking someone like Giddy, an international-type player, we know how international players do in Toronto. You put him there, he can flourish there. Um, I don't want to get rid of him. But the timeline for SGA shrinks a little bit. Like, we, it's no longer, hey, we have a five-year runway, No, we have, you know, we probably need to start getting real good here within the next two years. And so getting a player like OG, maybe at the, you know, at the sacrifice of Josh Giddy, may be something that you have to do.
0: I don't know, man. My
1: Giddeys. Hey, 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 man, I'm telling you, man, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions made in these next two years where people are going to be like, no, my heartstrings. And it's just going to be for the betterment of the team. Like, it is what it is, man.
0: Presty, Presty did trade Sabonis after his rookie year. So there, I, I guess you have you have a point there. It, it's just I don't know, man. Like, uh, I mean, shout out Andrew Schleck. he made the point on Down the Dunk today. Like, Josh Giddy's younger than Chet Holmgren. Like, yeah. he's I, he's one of the if he's not the second, he's like the third or fourth like youngest player in the NBA, and. There's already games he comes in and he just has full control. Um, granted, like the fit with Shea has been wonky and I've been one of the biggest detractors of it. Um, I've even questioned, you know, what we could get in a trade for Josh Giddey, but the way that he's turned it around in December, and it's not just the shooting because I know shooting comes and goes, shooting streaky, just like anybody else in the league but the way that he's dominating the game in all the other facets, like he's rebounding, like he's, I'm pretty sure he's leading the team in rebounding. Like, and if he's not, he's like second, something like that. But like, he's rebounding the ball like crazy. He's still making really good passes, pushing the ball in transition. Like, you know, keeping his teammates involved, freeing up his teammates, uh, you know, for open shots. And he's kind of been an adequate defender. Like he's, Not a lockdown, man, should matter. It's not Lou Dort, but, like, from what we saw last year, like, it's a huge step up.
1: The numbers aren't saying that.
0: Well, the the numbers don't say – the numbers can trick you a little
1: bit. um, Well, they can. The eyes can trick you too, though. The eyes can also trick you.
2: Defense is so hard to gauge in the NBA. I do agree he's been improved. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess kind of chiming in a little bit, you know, this rebuild's been fun. Uh, I've enjoyed a lot of the players we've gotten, and, I, I you know, this team's super, super uh, fun. I love this, this, going. I love this Thunder squad, but I already – and that's the reason why I already know my heart is going to be broken so many times throughout these next couple years because I love every single player on this squad. Mm-hmm. I want them to somehow all be here to win a championship, and it's just – it's going to – like. A lot of people say don't get attached to players during a rebuild. I'm so bad at that. I get attached so easily to players. Like, a guy hits one big shot. I'm like, I love you. You're one of my favorite players, like, for life. Like I, Tommy
0: broke my heart, man. <laughs> man,
2: that was so heartbreaking. I was like, I, like, just got out of the shower. <laughs> yeah, and I think I was supposed to go somewhere with my girlfriend. I'm like, I have to record a YouTube video. All sad now because Hamadou Diallo is gone. And she's like, who are you talking about? So, um, Yeah, it's... It's tough, man, with a rebuild because, like, you know, like I like Tao a lot. I thought he was going to be like our, you know, a backup point guard for the future. Didn't end up working out. I'm sure there are going to be some guys on this roster, some of the young guys that, especially if we want to add that superstar down the line, might not be here. And it's, you know, I'm just not ready for it, man. I don't know when it's going to happen, who's going to be here, who isn't. The only guy I feel like is a, well, a couple of guys I feel like are 100% sh- safe are like Shea and Chet. I feel like those guys are like set in stone. Nice Isaiah Joe. And Isaiah Joe, three guys. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Cambridge Williams, make that four. Uh, But yeah, just it's, you know, I want all these guys to be here. I really do. I wish there was some way we could have 30 guys on the roster to win a championship, but um, it's, it's going to be heartbreaking, man. I'm not ready for it. Whenever we make it, because people always go like, like I talk about, oh, it would be so amazing to see OG or Pascal here. I love it. And then you're like, okay, you've got to give up Lou Dort. I'm like, well, whoa, well, whoa, well, hold on hold. on. that's going to make me so sad. And mm-hmm. obviously you have to give up a player like that to acquire yeah. talent. It's just, I think that's the next step in this first rebuild that we're going through is Sam Presley is going to punch us in the chest over and over again, trading some of our favorite players to become a contender.
0: Yeah. And, you know, yeah, obviously we, I mean, we, we, <laughs> we beat the crap out of Toronto in this podcast already. So let's move on to somebody else that, uh, you know, everything's not sunshine and rainbows in the Windy City. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine appear to be having uh, some internal conflict. Um, DeMar DeRozan is, he, he's up there in the age um, and, and the contract. I, I'm not even going to entertain that one as as a fit. Um, Zach Levine, how do you guys feel about Zach Levine on the Thunder?
1: Rich man, it's rich. His contract is is heavy, mm-hmm. man. Four years, one sixteen left after this year. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I've seen a regression in this game, and I know he had a couple, like, you know, he's, he's he had a couple, like, me little injuries last year where, like, it just bothered him a little bit and kind of like the Lonzo Ball situation. But, like, you know, Zach Levine has had a, has had a history of knee injuries. You know, he had a torn ACL when he was in Minnesota, I believe. Um, and he's just kind of like – he's a very athletic player and depends a lot on his athleticism.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and so I don't know if I, – I don't see it. I don't see mm-hmm. it. You know, he's, he's a little bit older. Um, I, I believe he's 27, 28. So, as far as this Thunder team is a little bit older, number one. Number two, he's injury prone and he's got a huge contract, man. So, as much as I would love Zach, and I think Zach, you know, I think healthy Zach, it would be great on this team as a, you know, as a uh, change of pace to SGA, as a, you know, as a driver to the basket, as a shooter from the outside. Um, But, man, with that contract he has now, yeah,
2: he's been, he hasn't been great this season. His shooting numbers are down. The athleticism doesn't look great. I don't love the decision-making in terms of some of the shots he shoots. Um, you know, like you said, when healthy, and there are some games still where he does it where Zach's a monster, but with the knee injury history, the big contract, you know, if we're trading for a guy, if we're trading a lot of assets for a guy, I expect him to be Shea's second to win a championship. I don't know if Zach Levine can be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't, it just, there's also all the stuff with Chicago. Like we see it happening right now where it kind of seems to me like Zach's the problem. Like, I don't like, obviously I'm not in that locker room, but when you have a situation where, um, you know, Zach Levine, He's signed with clutch sports and typically clutch guys go to Shams or like, like the athletic guys to deliver news. And that article comes out today where Zach Levine is talking candidly with a reporter about like, you know, teams go through all these ups and downs and stuff like that. And then you've got other Chicago reporters that were saying that, like, it was a big blow up type thing. And part of it involved, you know, Zach Levine. Like I was talk- I'm talking to some Bowles fans and they're thinking that Zach might be the problem in that locker room, it seems like, and that Zach Levine in the front office aren't seeing eye to eye, despite mm. him just signing a five-year max contract, doesn't feel like a great sign to me. So that also worries me a little bit with Zach Levine's so all that stuff combined. I would love a player like a Zach Levine in theory, but just the money, the injury, I just can't sell myself on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I mean I'm right there with you on every bit of what you all said, um, and even if we wanted Zach Levine, I just can't see Sam Presti like pulling mm-hmm. the trigger on a Zach Levine type trade. Um, all that, just with like, I don't want to say like, I want to be careful what I'm saying I'm like Zach Levine's a good player. Like, he's a great player. He's an all-star player, but I don't know that his play would contribute to winning the way that a player that you push in those ships to get Mm -hmm. you would want them to like yeah he's great at scoring the basketball and he's done it on a variety of teams on you know a variety of teams with different goals in mind as well um but in terms of like winning basketball like Walking in defensively, which we know is a point of emphasis with Mark Dagnall and his teams and the players that he has on the court. And, you know, making winning plays on offense, I
2: I just don't know. I question it.
0: I question it. But Yeah, yeah. it's
2: also, if we're looking for a second star for Shea, I'd like them to be able to play, like, pretty solid defense. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Shea's become a solid defender, but I would like another pretty good one next to him And Zach Levine doesn't really ever get stops, so.
0: Yeah, that's where that's we got (laughs) Olympians, Levine. Though,
1: (laughs) yeah, for real. That's that's where uh, that's where OG just makes so much sense, man. Just being Mm. long wing defender that can play the four, that can shoot the three. (laughs) He just makes entirely way too much sense for the Thunder if Mm. they want to start winning now.
0: Yeah, well, I got a couple more for you guys before we wrap up the podcast. (laughs) So, this is a guy that is kind of much maligned throughout the NBA. Um, there's uh, there's people that love him. There's people that wouldn't spit on the ground he walks on. Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> Andrew Schlecht uh, has called him a known loser and doesn't want him anywhere near this team and doesn't think that the, the Thunder would try to trade for him. But basketball-wise, he might fit perfectly. Carl anthony Towns. How do you guys feel about Carl Anthony Towns? If everything keeps going the way it's going with Minnesota, you can't make the fit work with Gobert and Towns, and you just want to blow it all up and start over with Anthony Edwards. And Carl Anthony Towns is available, and it's not at a premium now. Like, his trade value has gone down. Like, his value throughout the league has gone down. Like, let's call it what it is. Like, you could get him at a discount, theoretically, You would get a humbled Carl Anthony Towns, theoretically, um, playing alongside Chet Holmgren, who would give you a lot of what Rudy Gobert does in terms of like masking what Carl doesn't give you on defense, but the benefit of Chet being able to step out and space the floor and it's not clogging the rim like Rudy Gobert, alongside guys like Shea and Giddy, providing one of the best three-point shooters as a big man of all time, to that team like theoretically basketball wise it's almost a perfect fit like how, how do you guys feel about it
2: cat's really interesting to me because <laughs> <laughs> i like I love the start man i like the idea of cat space having a high level spacing big but there's a big piece of me that thinks that chet is the center Mm -hmm. I know people have worries about him being skinny and everything, but I like the idea of Chet Holmgren as our center. And if Cat comes into town, he has to be the center. It's clear him playing the four is not a solution. You know, the Timberwolves tried it. It's, you know, it's still very early on that experiment, but it's not been working. And so, you know, you can move Chet to the four, but I also don't know about, I think I think no, because once again, if I'm trading for second star for Shea, I want them to be, you know, a defender. I want them to be someone that I think can fit really well with them. And I do think Cat can fit really well. I just, you know, once again, worry about the whole having two bigs thing work. Even if Chet does make more sense as someone who can space the four, I do think mm-hmm. that's a big benefit there. Um I don't know. I just, I was really big on cat being a potential guy for a while now, but I mean, even like you've said, like his, the perception of him league wide has kind of gone down and I still think he is a phenomenal player. One of the best shooting big men of all time. And maybe if I wasn't now seeing this version next Rudy Gobert and being a little bit down on him, I might say, have a different answer here, but just the way the season has gone a little bit more down on him. I mean, I think if we acquired him, we could definitely make it work, but, um, if I'm like picking the second star for Shea, I don't think Kat's my first choice. Yep. But um, yeah. Uh,
1: I would tend to agree. I would really tend to agree with, with what Cohen said. Uh, again, whenever we first started this rebuild, I thought Kat was somebody that we really wanted to get as a floor spacing big. Uh, but with Chet in tow and – you know we we're seeing we're seeing this two big man lineup experiment not work very well in Minnesota um, currently. While while Chet could be more versatile than Gobert is as far as he could possibly play the four, if Cat wants to be the five, I just I've never looked at Carl Anthony Towns and thought to myself. That is a that's a winning player right there. I've always looked at him and said, you know, his 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 numbers are very loud. Um, He plays very loud, but he's never necessarily been a winning player to me. Um, And there's just guys in the NBA that are like that, man. There's just I mean, it it is what it is. DeMarcus Cousins was a lot like that. Um, And so I, I would say no.
0: Man, now let's just take a shot at Kentucky players. This this did not go the way I wanted it to. But no, I mean I, I love Cat, obviously like for his time at Kentucky. And like he was one of my favorite players early on in the league, but like yeah, he's he just he's gotten whiny, uh he's gotten cringy, and you know, in his limited time in the playoffs, he was a non factor and a detriment on both sides of the ball, uh, even offensively, which was supposed to be, like, what you count on for Carl Anthony Towns. So, uh, I, I'm with you there. I mean, I think that, you know, if the price was, like, dirt cheap and you could just bring him in as, like, a reclamation process, uh, project, like a uh, Dennis Schroeder or something like that, to where, you know, you just bring him in super cheap and throw him out there and, you know, see if he wants to try to, like, work his way back to build his – a reception up around the league, you know, I think it's a possibility. But, I mean, ultimately, I don't think he's the answer. Uh, So, I'd agree with you on that. Um, So, the the last one I have, you know, Cone's talking about how the the next guy we bring in wants to be able to play some defense. So, I'm with you on that. So, there's a team that has had massive expectations the past couple years. And for whatever reason – um, they just haven't been able to reach those expectations, whether it be uh, injuries, whether it be uh, playoff, just blowups hasn't worked out. Um, it looks like we could be going down that road once again. And after a while, you just got to ask, when does something got to give with the Los Angeles Clippers? And Kawhi Leonard, obviously he's going through, He's going through this injury. He's tried to work himself back in. He came back in a couple times, I think. Is he out again right now?
2: Probably. He's, he's, been, he's been playing recently.
0: He's been playing recently? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, it, just the will, – Willie, he, won't he play uh, of Kawhi Leonard? Like, it's got to be getting old. He's, he's an older player at this point in time. You know, if the Clippers were to go in and flame out in the playoffs again, maybe Kawhi doesn't play. Maybe he does and they still flame out. Like – do they really want to run this back again with Kawhi and Paul George? Like, or do are they going to be looking for a get out of jail free card? And you know, Andrew Schleck, again—he theorized this trade first, so got to give the credit to him. If the Clippers called the Thunder, was like, "Hey, just give us our picks back, and we'll give you Paul George."
2: What do you guys think? Hey, Hell Alex, yeah! I was going to say Alex had a big visual reaction there.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah! Like. I, man, with the quickness, I would do that. Yeah, with the quickness, and mm-hmm. I would even throw in—I would even throw in the—the the pick that we got from Atlanta for the sign and trade for Danilo, Danilo Gallinari. Let's just go ahead and reverse everything except for Shea. Except and, Shea,
2: trade man and yeah. Santa.
1: <laughs> there you go. I'm Gallin, trade.
2: Gallinari's ACL heels and all of a sudden he's a Los Angeles Clipper. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: man, I would do that with the quickness. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I know. I know Paul George has been injury prone himself, um, mm-hmm. but man, I just look at Paul George play sometimes, and I'm like, I miss that. Like his shot making ability, his, you know, his defensive ability. When he, whenever he's on, like mm-hmm. he's not that type of player anymore. But I'm pretty sure if you put him in a situation to where, you know, hey, we need you to play defense and you know shoot three pointers, and I'm pretty sure he would do that here. I would love that.
2: Yeah. I think, I think I'd like the idea more if it were in the off season, like if we had a chance to build up more of a yeah. roster around like Shea and, yeah. you know, we say we had Paul George, a second star rather than like a deadline deal. Yeah. I think that may, that sounds, a, it sounds enticing. Cause you know, we saw Russ and PG play off of each other and, you know, playoff success didn't end up happening, but looked pretty good for a lot of the time and Shea theoretically makes more sense next to Paul George as um, a bit better of a shooter can also attack the basket. Um, I mean, it's – a player like Paul George is an ideal guy next to Shea that plays defense, can shoot the three, can make his own shot if he needs to. You know, I, I, it would be really, really interesting. Uh, and I think, like, the NBA world would collapse under itself if the Clippers and the Thunder did a deal again this time, Paul George coming yeah. back to OKC. So, for, for partly that reason, I think it would be fun. But, yeah, I mean, the Clippers picks, nothing is guaranteed. I do worry about Paul George's injury history. So that's, I think that's why I would need to see in the off season to see how we build the roster around, like what other wind down mm-hmm. moves do we need? Do we make either first or immediately following that to make sure this roster is ready to go immediately? Because if Paul George deals with some injuries and very quickly, he could p- go pretty downhill, then I get really concerned. But I mean, if we'd make a bunch of moves right away, then I think, why not?
0: Yeah. In this hypothetical, it's like if the Clippers flame out once again and like, you know, maybe Kawhi doesn't play and Mm -hmm. Paul George is healthy, but, you know, that it's just it's just him. And, you know, they're only getting older and, you know, they just want to reset or whatever. But uh, all right. Last last little bit of conspiracy corner. So I said you throw all the Clippers picks back at Paul at the Clippers and get Paul George You still have all of Houston's picks. You can either keep those and just have them and draft them because Houston could be a train wreck for a long time. Or you could take a couple of those picks and flip them for Pascal Siakam on top of your Paul George. Then you have a Shea, Getty, Paul George, Pascal Siakam, Chet Holmgren core.
2: Where do I sign?
1: (laughs) I mean, can I I do OG instead?
2: I mean – no, <laughs>
0: I was about to say he might be more expensive. I don't know if we have enough picks for that at that point, but hey, I, I mean, let's bring them both over. Let's just throw, throw the
2: entire chest, man. Let's get OG, Pascal, and Paul George in here. We run a four man lineup. Yeah. Um, it's, or we, we hold on to Chet. It's five guys. It is Shea, OG, Paul George, Pascal Siakam, Chet. It's those five guys. 48 minutes. Run it.
1: Isaiah Joe off the bench.
2: Isaiah, you off the bench. Six man. That's all you need. Starting <laughs> five and a six man.
1: Thank you, How Alex. Bad? I almost forgot. <laughs> How dare you? My bad. Yeah. My bad.
0: No, it's just a fun thought exercise. You know, I mean, obviously, we talk about the treasure, the treasure chest of assets that we have and like what we could do with them. And, you know, we, we, we could play GM all we want. Like, honestly, I think Presty's going to try to probably play this pretty patiently. But, you know, I mean, I mean, Cohen, you're 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 the NBA connoisseur. Do you think the Clippers would do something like that um, if they flamed out
2: once again? I don't know. I think it's gonna be hard for them to admit they were wrong. Um, yeah. You know, it's not necessarily admitting you're wrong because they did become a contender. It just didn't end up working out. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be hard for them to come back to Sam Presti, tail tucked between their legs, like, "Can we have our picks back, please?" <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't.
1: And I, and I, and I think. I think out of the two players, I think the one they would try to trade the most would be Kawhi. And I know, you know, Kawhi's hurt, but Kawhi's been hurt before, and he was traded to the Raptors, and they won a championship. So,
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's –
1: That was a few years uh, ago, (laughs) Alex.
2: I I think – I honestly think the Clippers are going to ride this thing out until it just, like, falls apart. Like, even if this year – say they make it to the second round again, lose, I think they're going to keep just continuously trying it and trying it again. Maybe at that point they trade for a third star – um, they're a team that's interesting. I think if DeMar DeRozan becomes available, I could see them trying to put together something theoretically. I don't really like, they don't have many draft picks, so that I might like, make way they got, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they can match the salary, which is one thing, and you mm-hmm. know, maybe they can offer a couple interesting young pieces to them. That Terrence could make, man, yeah. yeah, they could offer like a Terrence Mann or like a BJ Boston if they wanted to try and entice them that way. They could offer a few interesting young pieces, but then again, it's. Really mainly I think the reason is because I think if DeMar gets traded it's going to be a two a contender because I don't you like OKC is not going to go for it you're not going to mm. see like a, I don't think a middle of the pack team is going to trade for DeRozan I think it would be like a Clippers or I mean I guess the Lakers are like a mediocre team and they I would see them trading for DeMar DeRozan <laughs> um so I think it's going to be one of like those type of squads that make the move which I think is why maybe if the Clippers are like here's like the very little draft capital we have plus like a couple young players in salary what do you think? And if at that point Chicago is just like a dumpster fire, they could be like, yeah, sure. Let's go for it.
0: Yeah, that's all fair. That's all fair. Well, fellas, I, I kept you on here for a long time. I just want to say before we close out the podcast, if you haven't yet, vote for Shea. If you have already this morning, set your alarm to vote after the 24 hours is over again. Um, mm-hmm. Set as many NBA IDs as you possibly can. Let's <laughs> get this man an all-star starter. Um And then uh, just one more time, uh, the Top of Thunder fan event on January 27th is going to be be just a great time, man. Like, uh, you know, we're still working out some details on some additional things as well. But, you know, right now, you know, we got the lower arena, we got the upper arena package. Um, You know, get on the court for the group photo, the half court shot for the premium seats uh, later on in the seasons. Um, Pre gaming at the parlor, Jerry got that all set up. I mean, it's just going to be absolute blast and you know i i can't stress enough like if you can't afford lower bowl at eighty three dollars for the experience you get the exact same experience upper bowl for sixteen
2: dollars like that's ridiculous oh, and, man. and we'll be
1: up there also we'll be visiting you guys we'll be hanging out
2: can't get a better deal than that yes, yeah please. and you get to meet Papa Cown, so i mean <laughs> you do. You will get to meet Papa Cone. I can confirm that.
0: Yeah, it, it's gonna be awesome. It's, I mean, it's gonna be great to meet all you guys. It's gonna be me- great to meet my brothers. I met Alex and I've met Jerry, but be good to meet uh, Tyranny and Moles and uh, uh, who's that? Uh, uh, oh, oh, Connor. Yeah, Connor too. I guess other guy?
2: Papa Cone's the one you were thinking of. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You just said I, his
0: I, name. I don't know why that was like a disconnect there, but that's yeah, okay. it's true. That, that's on me. But, yeah, the, the link is pinned on our Top It Thunder Twitter, at OKC Top It Thunder. So be sure to click that link and buy those tickets. Uh, we have plenty available. So get on that. But with that being said, on behalf of myself, Alex, and Cone, hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Stay warm this weekend. Hoop when you can. And as always,
2: thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up.
0: Hey guys, Uh, so if you stuck around, I appreciate that. That is awesome of you. Um, Unfortunately, I accidentally um, went and deleted (laughs) that solo podcast that I did. So if you stuck around, awesome. I admire your commitment. And if you did not, well, you'll never hear this. But if you stuck around and you listened, I appreciate it. I'm sorry to let you down. Got you next time, though. Y'all have a great night. God bless. Thunder up.